now batting for the Colorado Rockies. Number something, Michael Toglia. Well, a lot has gone down since our last time on the airwaves, on the frequency, uh, as as it has been these days with doing weeklies. A uh, lot to run through, I suppose, uh, starting with the draft, the amateur draft, the rule, what was it, the rule four draft? Um, and, uh, that, that took place on, uh, uh, Tuesday, no, 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 Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I don't know if they were still calling names or not on Thursday, but, um, well, the Rockies last pick was pick number 1,209, so you tell me, I don't know, seems like that takes a while to get to. 1300 picks but yeah round 40 hey did you hear this i heard this on the radio that they did not take a high school player until like the 30th round or somewhere around there first time in, in team history yes that's deep to me that kind of it's you know we were talking a little breedic last episode if you missed it go back and listen to it you know, it's not often that uh, fans throw shade at the GM uh, in, I guess, a mid-market. But we do here at the Rockaroo, if you're a new listener. Uh, and speaking of, you know, I, it's time to make the official announcement. The Rockaroo is on Spotify and Apple. I don't oh. Yeah, I don't know if it's called iTunes or not anymore, but it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, along with a bevy of of other places I've never even heard of. Slacker Jack. Um, I, I can't even think of... There's so many, I can't even think of the other ones. But if Yeah, you, so long story short, no reason to not listen to the Rockaroo any longer. Exactly. Your excuses are out. And if you are listening, if you found us through one of those, Spotify, Apple, uh, big shout out to Anchor who hooked us up, helped us get on Spotify and Apple and the others, uh, check out therockaroo.com. We, uh, that's where we started. That's where we were birthed. Uh, Callback. Yeah. And uh, all last season, season one of the Rockaroo during the 2019 Colorado Rockies Major League Baseball season. Uh, we do have season one up on the Rockaroo if you want to see what it sounded like there and it's in the uh, episode or the podcast's infancy. But yeah, there's some other things on there as well. There's a new thing added to the appendix just today. So make sure you go ahead and check that stuff out. Um, but yeah, that now that that's all out of the way, back to the draft. Um, so right. to me... To me, not taking a high school player until the 30th round almost kind of signifies, like, as a GM, as Breedick. Now, this might be an overstatement, might not be, but 
I'm worried about my job. That's the message I kind of take from it. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'm reading too much maybe. into it. 30 is pretty far, I don't know. far into the draft, man. So 31st round, the Rockies take Michael Curiel. I don't, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Was that a Guriel? No, it's a C-U-R-I-A-L-L-E. Curiel, maybe? Mm. Huh? I don't know. Uh, out of uh, Sierra Catholic High School. Of course. Uh, estimated signing contract of 125000 Drafted 939th overall. Uh, that's their first high school player in the 31st round. Uh, possibly. Yes, definitely. Uh, all these others are, you know, University of Tampa, uh, Oklahoma State, Pittsburgh State. So, yeah, late, late pick for a high schooler. But we made mention of this, or maybe I made mention of it uh, on our last podcast, that there is a larger... Propensity to draft college players than there ever has been. I don't know. I'd like to put it up against other teams and see what they've done high school wise uh, to see really where Breedick is when it comes to drafting high schoolers. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is like, hey, I need guys and I need guys now. And that's the whole point of drafting college players. But also, my thought is, hey, why not draft guys that have been prepped uh, better than high school, just high school players, so you can get them to the big leagues a little faster. Sorry, big leagues a little faster. I think that also goes to the fact that college teams have been prepping their players better than they ever have in the past, and that's just an overall trend with the draft, in my opinion. So... That's my take on that. Right. And I, you know, I think the a lot of college guys, I think it, it was like the first 10 or so were college players. I I, I don't know. I'm kind of speaking uh, off the side of my head on that one. Don't quote me, but something like that. Uh, I think that's good for the game and good for, uh, I guess it's really, it's, it's best for the NCAA, <laughs> which I don't yeah. know. If, those fucking guys and gals need any more <laughs> good stuff whatever this is the different that's a different episode topic yeah but anyway let's talk uh toglia real quick michael toglia the first uh Leah. the first i don't know if that g is silent or not i'm gonna say toglia um it's fun to say so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that until i hear otherwise but 23rd overall, first baseman out of UCLA. Rockies actually drafted him out of high school in like uh, in, in the 40, 40 some rounds in 2016 as an outfielder. He declined and decided to go to UCLA, and then they they picked him again here in 2019 as a first baseman. I guess he can also possibly play outfield probably the corner outfield spots uh i like that he's a switch hitter you know we we brought it up a while ago about when was the last time the rockies had a switch hitter it's like dexter fowler so hopefully that um you know a lot of times those guys will 
sometimes they'll they'll stop being a switch hitter. I think Willene Rosario was an example of that. But um, gotta love the switch hitter, the power switch hitter. And then, so what do you think? They go college first baseman, late first round. What are you thinking when they make that pick? So what I'm thinking is I like the pick. UCLA, first-rated team in all of college baseball. Turns out they get beat by Michigan. Uh, Don't make it to the College World Series. But they're the number one team, and they're number one team for a reason. Uh, Toglia is a he's a big time power guy does strike out a lot he does in college which is a little concerning but also matches what the MLB landscape is today so I actually like the pick um, I read a lot of uh, I guess uh, analysis on the pick and it gets a lot of poor grade mainly because of Rockies needs and a lot of people think like hey it's the Colorado Rockies they can't sign pitchers out of free agency why aren't you using your top level picks on free agents but also to me it's like hey last year they signed Daniel Murphy a non-first baseman to play first base the year before they signed Ian Desmond a non-first baseman to play first base and yeah there's some corner infielders in the current prospect chain but hey i think uh they need that first baseman and honestly i was kind of excited to to see the the pick and to see the fact that hey we're not just gonna go by what people think we should be doing out there we're gonna take the best player that we think is available and in this situation I really do think that this was the best player available. Big power, going to play very well in Coors Field and with the Rockies. And I think that the Rockies need a true developed first baseman. So I actually really liked it. I like it as well as as a first base pick. What He's 6'4". Do you have the stats there? No, off your head. He's something. He's a tall kid, which... I'm always in favor of the tall first baseman just for the pure fact that you can reach higher and you can reach out further. And, you know, what's the what's the thing they say in football with wide receivers? The catch radius? The catch radius is bigger. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like even... I guess McMahon is like 6'3", which isn't, isn't bad. But, I mean, Murphy is, I think, a 6'1". Um, so if he can... If he can be that tall and be some kind of agile with it, then uh, I like it a lot. My my thing with it was was you know last, so last season they took Grant Levine, which a high schooler uh, at first baseman, top shelf light tower power, um, you know. So I guess competition is good in that sense. And, you know, with, I think with baseball though, it's, you gotta, you can't look at it as like football and basketball and other sports because it does take guys time to develop. You know, it's not like Togley is going to be playing this season 
or really probably even next season unless he just, you know, obviously there's exceptions to that, but, um, you know, it, it's it's also tough as the fan because you want to be excited about Grant Levine, and but you also want to be excited about Toglia. And then I just worry that maybe it's going to be another situation of, um, well, maybe if Levine's playing well and Togli is playing well, and maybe we can put Togli in left field and he's kind of, you know, whatever, a, a 70% in left field. I don't like things like that that happen. Basically what's going on with Ryan McMahon, um, even though his second base has it hasn't been awful, uh, I don't know if he's played enough to really have a full a full view of his abilities there, but um, I I like the switch hitting aspect and him being tall. That's really kind of what I look at. And, you know, if it makes Levine play better, then so be it. If it makes Michael play better because of Levine... And just uh, Levine was a one of those comp rounds last year, so you know between the first and second round. Um, but yeah, I like it. I think, and I do think, baseball is trying to be more like football and other sports in the fact, like let's get fans excited about the draft, excited about college baseball, and then when these players get taken, it's it's less time for them to make it to the big leagues than it was in the past. So I think, I don't know if that's something that they're like actively working towards or if it, that's just something that's kind of happen, happening naturally or not. But uh, my only question is, is Ryan Rollison ready for the, the rotation <laughs> right now, like this week? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably that was a joke. That's we could put that. Actually, let's put that <laughs> under. I ha- haven't done a rhetorical question of the week in a while, so we'll do that. Um, is Ryan Rollison ready? Well, he better damn well get ready if he's not. All right, do you, so, I don't really have. I don't have anything else on the draft. Um, Oh, except for, so they took a pitcher out of Michigan. Can't remember his name. I think it was third round or second round or one of those comp rounds. Um, comp but, round? Uh, yeah. It was their third pick. Third? Okay. Kaufman yeah, or something? Carl Kaufman. Carl Kaufman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I wanted to comment on was there's this Twitter video of when he found out he was drafted by the Rockies and he was standing with all his teammates and they were all pumped up and they're jumping around. Maybe you've seen it, but one of his teammates just kept going, Rocktober! Rocktober, baby! Rocktober! Rocktober, man! He seriously said it like six or seven times. It was just fantastic. So, um, hey, maybe that's something for the appendix. Hey, that's good stuff. I'll say this. Michigan is in the College World Series. They beat the number one rated UCLA Bruins. So maybe there's something there with Kaufman that uh, a lot of people didn't see, which you like. I mean, maybe there is something there. They picked 19 pitchers. Uh, Their first two picks were corner corner infielders. 
Toglia and Shuck. Schnuck? Yeah. Shunk? Shunk. Shunk. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yes. Weird. And, uh, but they did pick a lot of pitchers, uh, just not necessarily high. So I do like the strategy. I like the strategy of taking the best player available because even if that player never plays for your team, it you know if they're the best available, they're players that can be traded. So I don't have a problem with that, even with Arenado signing a long-term deal and guys being well, out there, you know, like, hey, well, that- I like it. And that's the thing with baseball, too, is like, uh, I don't want to, I'll just use this guy as an example, just because it's the name that pops up to my head, and I don't in any way think it will or would happen. But, you know, you get like a guy like Colton Welker, who's a top prospect, and he, say, he rips up Asheville, okay, and then he rips up Lancaster, right and everyone's pumped up and he's the third rated prospect whatever then he goes to Hartford and just struggles and continues to struggle and continues to struggle and never makes it to even Albuquerque let alone the big leagues I'm not again this is just an example um, but that happens all the time in baseball like all the time and so that's why yeah. you do take you know a third baseman in the second round and because you never know you know some guys can can make it through fast they can never make it through um the only thing is if they are skilled you mentioned the trade if they are good and are major league ready and you don't have a spot for them then that's when you got to make the trade <clears throat> ryan mcmahon or <clears throat> garrett hampson um, you know, so you got to pull that trigger too. You can't stockpile those guys at the major league level either. Um, but uh, Shunk, what his first name? Aaron, I think. But his tw- yes. his Twitter from out of Georgia, University of Georgia. Uh, his Twitter handle is at the real Slim Shunky, which I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy very much. Oh, so. that's good. That's good. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of lot of pitchers taken, some infielders. The all for whatever reason, the Rockies really can develop outfielders. Um, I don't know. Like I am not a, a lot of these reviewers, I guess, or I don't even know what to call them. The the people that grade the draft really kind of ripped on the Rockies based on their needs. And to me, it's like, hey, you draft for a few reasons, right? Best players, that's one. You want to best draft the best best players. Two, your needs. I get that. Like, you want to draft to your needs. Three, your ability to develop these guys. And the Rockies can develop outfielders. I think that we've seen that over the course of their history. That is not a problem. Uh, they can develop infielders I do think that's true they have issues developing pitchers now maybe they're not drafting the best pitchers but I don't really think that's the case because the pitchers they draft are regarded as top tier pitchers so to me it's like hey draft on your needs last draft on what you can develop and what you and best player first, right? Or best player and then what you can develop. Because if you develop a super sound guy at some other position and can trade him for 
uh, even a minor league pitcher that's already developed, then you're in a win position. So I like I like what the Rockies did in their draft, to be totally honest. Well, and the good news is that Breedick does not care what these draft reviewers have to say. So we know that oh, for right. a fact. I heard yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think the position players are the least of the Colorado Rockies issues for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but, so getting into that, uh, post-draft news, obviously there's the draft and who the Rockies drafted. Uh, after that, Dallas Keuchel does sign, not with the Rockies, unfortunately, with the Atlanta Braves. And Craig Kimbrell signs, not with the Colorado Rockies, but with the Chicago Cubs. I don't like either one of those signings because uh, they're both National League. Obviously, that sucks. Dallas Keuchel, I really would have liked to see in purple. He's not going to be in purple, so that sucks. And then, of course, the Rockies, uh, you know, go two and four on their uh, most recent road trip. That also sucks. Not that that has anything to do with the draft or Keuchel signing or Kimball signing, but uh, certainly hate it. It has to do with uh, previous drafts, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> true, true. Well, though, I suppose Hoffman wasn't drafted, and uh, well, what? Well, I, I, yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess we're maybe we're avoiding getting to the the actual games that were played since our last time on. But um, I do want to. I. So I heard after yesterday's game, I was listening to 850K away, and on Sundays they kind of do a long uh, post-game type deal. And yesterday Tracy Ringlesby was on, and I was listening, and uh, they were talking about one pitching with the Rockies, and Ringlesby was kind of saying, you know, uh, to, to, to make a trade for a guy and bring him in one – you know, does any starting pitcher really want to come to Colorado or to sign a free agent, you know, um, i.e. Keuchel, and even mess with the whole thing of Coors Field and whatnot. And then, two, they were the the guy, don't know who the guy running the show was, the host of the show, he brought up Marcus Stroman. And we talked about him a little bit last episode. And Ringlesby immediately says, I wouldn't have that guy anywhere near my team. And I was thinking, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, what is he talking about? And I get, I don't know. I guess it's like a personality thing, which I don't know anything about Marcus Stroman. Um, I did a little research today. There was some stuff, but it, it didn't seem anything like, honestly, it seemed like maybe just the meat. He, he was he was mean to the media, you know, and then, of course, when you're mean to the media, then they they come after you and, and drop some whatever they got to got to say about it. But um, I don't know if you knew anything about personality issues with Stroman or if you think his assessment of, I guess, both bullpen pitchers and starting pitchers wanting to come to Colorado. um as a free agent or a trade 
you know, they did talk about Mike Hampton, obviously, is like the poster child for, hey, maybe let's not go to Colorado. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that stuff or not. So my thoughts on it are, one, yeah, I'm a little, I would be a little nervous about Strowman, but not for anything specific other than uh, just some some of his stuff in the news outlets just kind of seem, eh, you know, like he's just kind of that guy, right? Like really in it for himself. But anyone that you bring to Colorado, uh, based on your second point, is kind of be going to be in it for themselves, right? They're coming for the money because they don't want to... They're, they know their their numbers are going to balloon. Like, that's just the way it's going to be based on the statistics. And that's hard to uh, to defend against, I guess. One, if you're a Rockies fan. Two, more importantly, if you're a Rockies GM. Because you're, you're just going to have to pay more money for those guys. And if you get them there, they're going to be in it for the money, not for you know, anything else really, unless you can really, really sell the the team being good enough to win a World Series. And as of right now, not to say that the Rockies haven't had good teams, but they've never had that team that's like, hey, we're, we're built to win and we're going to win and we're winning. You I know, thought like that, just that wasn't the story for this year. <laughs> was that, that uh, am that I, was, was I wrong? Was I, did I get fooled? I thought that was the story for this <laughs> year. Maybe we signed Nolan. We have this guy. We got this guy who he might hit 400 at Coors Field. Talking about, you know, Daniel Murphy, of course. Um, well, that guy's going to win a batting championship this year. So just you wait. It's going to happen. Just you wait. You got to be careful because sometimes you say some sarcastic stuff and not everyone knows you're being sarcastic. So I don't. I, I, I'm assuming you are being sarcastic, but I, I guess we'll, we'll leave it there unless you want to say any more. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's the art of being sarcastic, right? I can't tell you because uh, if I tell you, then it kind of ruins the whole uh, mystique of it. So Yeah, but you're almost uh, so... Judge for yourself. You're almost so good at it that, I mean, I have a famous laptop cord... Uh, box story that um, will, sh- will shake would shake a person to their core. If anyone's interested in that story, go ahead and email uh, the rockaroo at gmail dot com. But but yeah, uh, I, I kind of interrupted your uh, your flow there, talking about. Oh man, it's yes. So, anyways, my my theory on it is one. I still say go get Marcus Stroman because. Production's production, and I get it, Tracy Ringlesby. You don't want him anywhere near your club. But really, what? how much damage can one guy really do? If you're a strong clubhouse presence, then who gives a shit? Put him out there on the mound and let him do work. Two, will Rockies ever sign a free agent that's top-notch? Uh, no, I honestly I don't think so, which is a little discouraging in my heart. Because uh, I think that it can be done, but a lot of free agents uh, 
just have that really, really bad connotation about Coors playing at altitude, which is garbage, but Coors Field, which is legitimate, it is a very large, expensive outfield. Uh, so I get that. Um, I don't know. Free agents? Uh, oh. Well, and three uh, pitchers are going to, like, good pitchers for the Rockies are probably going to be developed at some point in AAA or whatever it may be. Like, the Rockies are probably going to trade for them, like Marquez, uh, or before they actually make the major league level, or they're going to draft them. And that's where our starting pitching is really going to come from. Uh, relief pitchers will come pitch at Coors Field because that's what relief pitchers do. They're in it for, hey, i, I got to get it while I can. And we can still, the, the Rockies can still sign some good relief pitchers. But I guess I kind of agree. Ultimately, I kind of agree with all the points that uh, you brought up based on the interview with Tracy Ringlesby, other than the point that, hey, Strowman, I'm not going to have him anywhere near my team because, just like you said, uh, media doesn't like him because he was a dick to him. And also, hey, I don't think it really matters. If you've got a strong culture, you've got a strong culture, and you can bring anyone into that. You just can't bring 20, your whole roster into that, right? Like, But one guy's not going to hurt anything. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just remember Strowman from the WBC, and it, he seemed like a true competitor. And, I mean, obviously I don't know the guy and haven't been around him, haven't interviewed him and, and, and this and that. But it seems like, honestly, after this road trip, it seems like the Rockies need someone with some nuts. Yeah, I said it. Uh, some nuts. Like, hey, let's pretend like, you know, we're fucking men out there playing baseball and we want to win and we're not... Like, to me, mainly it was the Mets series, but the Cubs series as well. Just tentative. Very tentative is how I would describe it. I don't know if you got that feeling or not, but uh, I guess that's a nice segue into the games, unless you did have more on the draft or not. Um, I don't. But, you know, they started out in Chicago with a win. That's not true. With a loss. Yeah. Should have been a win. Um, I mean, they should all be wins. Uh, you lose a Marquez game, which I talked about that. You just can't. Man, you can't lose Marquez wow. games. But he did give up eight runs. Which is like, son of a bitch, Herman. Uh And then... You know, Blank gets called up. We'll get to that. We'll talk about the shit first. Um, and and they do get the... They avoid the sweep. So, yeah, what was going through your mind during those first two games at Wrigley? Okay, so the first game... One, obviously, hate losing to the Cubs. Fucking hate those guys. Hate it. Uh, Schwarber hitting the 460 whatever blank oh. home run. Fuck that shit, man. Like after after Hoffman struck him the fuck out, and it was just more yeah. frustrating umpiring. 
Okay, so again, when it comes to umpiring, both series, absolute trash, mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. We'll get to that when we come to the Mets mean both series, teams. obviously. Yes, both both teams. Yes, yeah, sorry. Both the, the umpiring is just it's it's absolute garbage this year. I like and I, you, I don't know what the shit. It's like they have some weird directive. Um yeah, hey, let's frustrate the fuck out of our fans. <laughs> It's like they're playing a trick because they can all see the strike zone, but let's call pitches that are half a foot off the plate. And because I assume you, <laughs> I, I assume you're referencing specifically balls and strikes when you say the umpiring. Yes, it's been bad. Yes, yeah. And you know, then I got to thinking like maybe, maybe it's always been that bad, but we just weren't as a fan. We weren't really ever able to tell like, hey, that ball isn't even close, sir. I don't know, but no, it, it's, no way, no. It's you different, think it's, man. Like you can get, you can feel it. It's different, even from last year, in my opinion. Like when I watch a game, I'm like, I have no fucking clue what the umpiring is going to be like this game. Yeah. You no, know? and like, how does a pitcher feel? Oh, or God. a batter, for that matter. Or a batter, you know? yes. It's, like, it's, it's like tough for both of them. Blind. And then it's like as a as a hitter and a pitcher, you know, like say a hitter, as a hitting coach or whatever, you get struck out on a pitch that's, you know, inside, and it's like, well, hey, you you did the right thing, like don't swing at that next time, like you can't you can't live your season swinging at that pitch because it is inside and it's just one pitch that, I mean, talk about a mind fuck there, you know, you're you're yeah. you're a a baseball player at the the top level and you got to deal with not only 98 mile an hour pitches that are moving in on you and you know i also don't want to be too hammery on the the home plate umpires because honestly they might be the number one proponent for the automated strike zone because um it makes them look really bad and who knows maybe they are they're like hey let's get let's make this happen we're looking like assholes out here so who knows it, it, <laughs> it's possible it, yeah that could be those could be discussions you know behind closed doors and that's also another issue like we hear dick from umpires like they're not allowed to be interviewed or whatever and um you know just fuck david Bodie. that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> <laughs> so that was the next thing I was going to say, but uh, going back to the, uh, I guess the the overall the Cubs series one, uh, fuck David Bodie, like you said, like what the fuck that guy, is, who is that guy? Uh, two, Kyle Hendricks strikes out ten Rockies. The Rockies continue to strike out like it's no fucking big deal. They're setting records. And, I'm getting sick of that shit, and I know that that's kind of the the way baseball's going right now. And yes, the Rockies are the number one team in runs scored and hitting doubles and all this other good offensive stuff. But like, think of how fucking awesome they'd be if they didn't strike out as much as they do. Yeah. But Kyle Hendricks, that dude should not be striking out ten guys. Yes, he's a good pitcher. Can't be striking out ten times against him. I mean. Tapia, uh, ouch, dude, three strikeouts. Story continues to strike out. He had two. Uh, you know, it's just not a good look for the Rockies overall. There's a lot of good situations, I think, 
the Rockies could have uh, made games uh, out of uh, the Cubs series that they didn't. And yes, the second game it got it was close. They came up short in the ninth, didn't get it done. Uh, why? Because he struck out twice in the after they scored one run to bring it within one run, and uh, you got men on base and you strike out twice and game over, and just not not good. So then you get to the third game, and you make reference to it. Rockies bring up who? Peter Lambert. And Their what does he do? Pitching prospect he has himself a day has himself a debut beautiful beautiful stuff out there from peter god he looked he looked freaking great in command struck out nine dudes allowed one run went seven innings probably could have gone eight or nine to be totally honest but Mm. i think they just were being cautious but man did he look good and he he stopped it. He stopped the bleeding. And Rocky scored three in that game. They only needed to score two, uh, which they did in the fourth. And that was a, a great game. Great game to watch. Really really fun. Uh, good to see a, a major league debut like that. He gets a hit in his very first at bat. It was awesome. Uh, however, still you still feel a little bad about how that whole series went down because of the first two games. They both felt like the Rockies could have gotten it done, and they just didn't. Then they move on to the Mets series. I don't know if you want anything else in the Cubs series, but uh, Lambert um, looked good. He did. I just want to mention that one. That's about it. I actually want to do a little housekeeping on myself. I was, we were talking about who they would call up for a possible, uh, you know, next starter they would call up from. Um, from AAA or wherever, really. I think a couple episodes ago, and I was, I was uh, uh, really tugging on Sam Howard's nuts. And it turns out he hasn't made a single start in Albuquerque this season, so he's coming out of the bullpen. Uh, and really, I know they, <laughs> yeah, they say it all the time about um, this PCL league, like, oh, don't get hung up on the ERA numbers and this and that and. Like none of the Rockies starters have good ERAs down there. They they have some relievers with some solid stuff, uh, but yeah, the starter. I mean, Lambert's ERA was I think a five, five. but whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. Man, I I don't. I, I like this kid for sure. I think they were kind of forced into calling him up probably sooner than they wanted to. I would imagine. But you know what? Whatever. If he can pitch, he can pitch, and he looks like he's 15 years old out there, which is just great. Um, I like his very calm presence. I like that a lot about him. Um, so, uh, good work, Peter. Yeah, there you have it. Uh, Cubs also. Just as a, another note, Wrigley Field still looks old as fuck, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not to say anything about fields, but that field fucking sucks. People can say that it's uh, classic and this and that, but whatever. I mean, they got fucking buildings in the outfield where they're putting up. You don't even have to be in the stadium to watch that game because they got buildings in the outfield that they put stands on top of. And like, come on, 
Right? Come on. It's a fucking 21st century. Like, <laughs> let's get some stadiums out there that are legit. Right? Like, what the fuck? Anyways, that's my... St- like, <laughs> hey, Wrigley Field, good memories, right? In my opinion. But they just keep sinking money into renovations, which is bullshit to me. Like, hey, tear that piece of shit down and put up a real stadium guys already come on losers okay moving on to a uh, team that did tear down an old stadium uh, that was shit and put up a good stadium a new stadium and that's the the new york mets so first game things are looking good right yeah two in a row you know thursday afternoon friday night things things were looking good some some monster bombs from two lefties. Uh, speaking of Dahl, as well as he went interstellar on us, Daniel Murphy Ooh. that night as well. Yeah. Sensatella goes six innings, gives up a run, doesn't strike out a guy, but whatever. Who cares, right? Yeah. He's getting guys out. That's what matters. Taken down. Only walks two. DeGrom. Been trying to think of a cool, you know, negative nickname for him. The best I could come up with was "de suck," which isn't isn't good, <laughs> really. But it's it's all like all is that I, worse? That's like <laughs> better than "de gross." De gross is like it's got to be something where like, hey man, we just beat you. I, yeah, I I I don't know. Yeah, I just right. don't know. If any listener has a good <laughs> Uh, you know, get something for, for for that, you know, tweet us up at the Rockaroo, send the email, rockaroo at gmail.com. Send a carrier pigeon, an owl, do what you yeah. got to do. But that game, like, proves proves on that David Dahl is actually quite a good hitter. Dude, right? he has planted his, Damn. he has planted his flag in that three hole, which is, Kind of sounds a little sexual. It's not. I didn't intend it to be, but I th- that's great. That then you know if you're one of those guys who just gets super <laughs> beep about you know the left lefty righty combination. You know you go Blackman Story, Dahl, Nolan, uh, Murphy. It's yeah, it's cool. And I like honestly, I like. I'm fine with Nolan hitting fourth with a story and doll on base and you know put it in a gap or whatever and let those guys run around um so i'm 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 totally fine with it i like it in fact still would like though maybe just move everything down one with a true leadoff guy but i don't know you know like if you're an opposing pitcher and it's like man i gotta go face blackman story doll then Nolan Arenado. That's in, that's intimidating, <laughs> I would think. It's brutal. So, like, here's yeah. the numbers, right? 295, 289, 330, 331. Mm. Those are batting averages for the top mm. four guys in the Rockies lineup. Then check this out. This, this is – I'll just say it, and I'm going to be profound about it, but this is fucking impressive. OPS, 906. 901, 915, 979. Top four guys in the Rockies mm. batting lineup. I mean, that's uh, 
top notch. Like getting a over a nine OPS is impressive, and we're a good ways through the season. Uh, that's that's tough to deal with. Yeah. Tough to deal with. Yeah, so, I mean, really. Th- nice to see it. It's fun. I mean, throw Doll out. You got three All Stars, and not just All Stars, but like, you know, I know Story is, you know, he's working towards it. But we're talking like perennial All Stars. So yeah, yeah. And so uh, why do you throw Doll out? By the way. Oh, just because he. Real quick. I'm. I mean, I'm talking like proven. Like they've done it. Whereas Doll's still oh, young. I'm not saying it, yes. he couldn't. Yeah. I yeah. think he very well could and will. Um, so I, I, Gosh, I just looking... meant, yeah, I just meant like as of good, the resume as it yeah. stands now, he's looking great. He's looking great. He, you know, he does. I think there's some close pitches he likes to take every now and then, where it's like, dude, with two strikes, you gotta, you gotta put the bat on it. But other than that, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that Mets series, we'll just say it. DeGrom, the takedown, that's awesome. Syndergaard, that's their number two guy. He looked good. Rockies really, really struggled struggled. Sorry, against him. They end up scoring a run in the ninth, which was just kind of like, eh. They get two hits that whole two game. That One of which a doll, the, a doll slicer down the line to drive in that, that's right. that run. That's exactly that. right. But... Mm-hmm. It's the middle game that kind of freaking hurt me quite a lot. Oh, so you're saying... John Gray. Wait, before we... So you're saying it's like, okay, yeah, you got two hits, you lost, but it's like Noah Noah Syndergaard is really good. So you can live with that, is that... A a little bit more than the middle game, which was really frustrating. But no, you want to win that game because you want to win it. But Hoffman's going for you... Uh, Syndergaard not only is good, but he had like top shelf stuff that day. He was looking really good. He looked tough to hit. Uh, you would have liked to scratch out more than one run. Problem is, you give up three in the first on that stupid Fraser Jack, Ugh. and it's just tough after that, especially against a guy like Syndergaard. So, not that not that I'm accepting it, but I am saying like, hey. I get it. Like that's he's like, a tough guy to go against. He had his stuff that day. Yeah. He don't really let did. it bring don't let it bring you down. Right. Like but that yeah. middle game, it's like mm-hmm. John Gray is cruising and for whatever reason it just uh kinda falls off the I don't know. It doesn't really fall off. I mean you still gotta win that game and you end up losing five to three, but John Gray's cruising, you let Fucking Matt, strike you out. You're How pumped up today, 15? man. I, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm gonna get my my uh, my tally my tally fuck counter. You've been <laughs> yeah. You got at least three three oh, dude. f-bombs coming. No, Maybe I think you must have been seeing red when you were talking about Wrigley Field because there's oh, there's God, at least dude. four just it's, in that. Which I'm yeah, hey I'm not the, I'm not reprimanding you. I love it. I think it's great. It's the gall dang Cubs. Oh, I hate that team. Gall, oh, gall dang. Sorry. Don't stop it's on me now. Fucking Cubs. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you go you go into uh, 
New York. You get that first game. The second game, John Gray's looking good, and you let this Mats guy strike you out like crazy. He throws 120x pitches, and the reason he does that is because he's still dominating you. You know, it's like, what are you doing striking out 15 times? Trevor Story, what are you doing striking out three times? Dahl, twice. Murphy, twice. Desmond, twice. Like, what the... Come on. This guy's okay. He's not good. He's not. He's definitely not great. He's okay. He's an okay pitcher. And you've got that game. You've got it in your hand. And then the sixth inning comes... Gray gives up one in the sixth, and it's it just hurts. And more importantly, the guy that's hurting you is a dude named Carlos Gomez, which used to be, like, legit top-shelf talent. Now he's kind of a has-been, and he probably is not going to do shit the rest of the season, but for whatever reason, he beats you up in this, in this game, and you lose 5-3. to three. You cannot give up. Really frustrating. You yeah. You and you cannot give up a home run to the fucking guy wearing number ninety one. And you say he's cannot has been. He's acting like he's got sixty five fucking home runs. And I mean that's just an attitude thing. But he always played like that. Yeah, that's Gomez. He does that. Yeah, and he's like taking bows in the outfield after. It's like, dude, what? Uh, I don't, yeah. You gotta freaking smoke, Matt. Let's just be honest. You gotta smoke, Matt. You can't let a dude pitch 120 pitches and not ever get to him. Here's another problem with that. On national television, too. Why can't they fucking show up? That's where I come to the nut thing, man. Come on, you fucking yes. guys. You're embarrassing us as the fans. Like, I know you're upset as a player as well. I get it, but god damn it, come on. Right. That's exactly right. And, like, as hitters, like, Trevor Story had multiple situations where he could have uh, really shown some legitimacy, and he didn't. And yeah. that sucked. And they were really actually talking them up quite a bit nationally. So that hurt. Really, you got Blackman Story did get a hit, but he goes one for five with three strikeouts. Like, what? Come on. And the game overall, like, they really talked up Tony Walters, which was interesting, and he actually showed in that game nationally. But, yeah, Matt's goes, ends up going the full, I guess, six innings. Allows two runs. He actually allows three runs. One of them was unearned because of that, you know, that bad throw, which was awesome to see, actually. But uh, which is Rogers really pushing the envelope. I liked that a lot. You know, he's on first. He decides to push that to go from first to third. Got a bad throw. Ends up scoring on a on a second bad throw. So. That was fun to watch. I, I'd like to see a rookie kind of pushing that envelope. But ultimately, that's you take the lead, and then the very next inning, I guess it's not the next inning. It's That was the, the tie, so you tied the game up. And then in the sixth, you know, the Mets come in, and they end up scoring a run. That ends up being the run that the only run they need to win. The, 
ended up scoring a run in the bottom of the seventh as well. But, man, the, the, just the whole thing. And Lugo comes in and just freaking dominates the Rockies for whatever reason. And then Diaz comes in, and it really looks like he got a shot there in the bottom of that inning. In the bottom of the eighth, I guess. Or the top of the eighth, sorry. And uh, it just never comes to fruition, and you end up losing. And it's just that was a rough loss to watch. All, and then ultimately, the next thing that we'll talk about about this game is the strike zone. So, what was your thought on the strike zone and what happened in this game there? Can we have a private conversation? Um, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. That's going to have to be all you. I didn't have a chance to sit down and watch that thing live, unfortunately, so I don't know. But I, I'd love for you... Well, maybe I don't want to hear it, but I think you have to. So so here's my next thing. Here, the strike zone in that game. Ooh. The Mets manager ends up getting tossed out of that game because... Oh, shit. Rosario takes a... Uh, <laughs> Rosario takes a, stri- a strike three call with uh, two men on, and it legitimately was probably seven inches off the plate. Uh, John Gray struck him out with that pitch, and it was the last out of the inning. It looked pretty bad. Before that, though, uh, a lot of calls were pretty shitty in that game. Both sides of the both sides, so Mets and Rockies, uh, were both getting really shitty calls. Later on, very next inning, maybe uh, someone else strikes out. I can't remember who. Uh, but it's a it's a legitimate strike in the bottom corner of the strike zone, and the Mets manager says something. Boom! He gets freaking tossed. Comes out, yells at the umpire for a while, but the entire night the Mets were just bitching and whining like little girls about the strike zone. The Rockies had the same legitimate concern about the strike zone. They were getting called out all night on some really, really questionable calls as well. However, they weren't demonstrative about it. My real thing is, hey, have the Rockies just kind of got used to it? And I don't, I mean, I think all teams overall have been getting some real poor strike zones. But to me, it feels like the Rockies are just like, all right, this is what the strike zone is going to be this year. Suck it up and let's go. That was the feeling that I got. And that kind of transferred over to the next game as well. I don't, I don't know what your feelings are, but to me, I'd like to see a little more fire out of the Rockies, kind of like the Mets had during that game when it comes to the strike zone. Well, that goes back to the whole nut argument and the tentativeness. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, guys. God damn it. Like, are you – oh, you know, and the, I think obviously it started with, you know, on Friday night, Desmond gets plunked in the back. I don't know if it's intentional or not. Drew Goodman was really trying to to tell us that it was. I don't know. It could have been. It could not have been. Murphy immediately jumped out of the, you know, over the fence. <laughs> and, uh, I guess yeah. I guess, I guess the Murph is cool with violence, but uh, – homosexuality can't handle it so um good to know his where where he's at with his 
his system of beliefs, but um, he he was out there cursing it up, throw that fucking thing over the fucking strike zone. I don't like benches clearing when nothing really happens. Like if something's gonna happen, make it happen. Damn it! Like yeah, I'm not saying like guys yeah. getting injured and like you know full on brawls and stuff, but geez, you look stupid. You're running out from the bullpen. Come on. But anyway. I think then, obviously, tensions were high the next game, and Murphy gets striking out, swinging. So, you know, there's no... Now, maybe the strike zone could... affects that, because you have to swing at shit that you don't want to be swinging at. Uh, I I do get that, but Desmond's up there striking out, swinging. Like, make him pay with your bats, uh, and they didn't. And it's sucks as a fan especially on the east coast because there's just that natural thing there it's it's similar to you know the chicago thing too uh or maybe that's just me i don't know if you feel the same way or not but um show some fire i think a lot of that is bud black as well he's the chill guy he's the cool guy he's not gonna it goes it even goes back to we talked about it last season where he's sitting in the dugout yawning you know, in the Dodgers series, where like a important series, the umpires in the way of your base runner, you don't even get off your ass. And it's like that stuff is like you can say, oh, well, that's his style. And it's like okay, but I mean, I don't know if you know this, but the Texas Rangers have a better record right now today than the Colorado Rockies. Um, so it's not like you're speaking with your record right now. I mean, it's it's okay. I, I, I suppose it's okay, but it's nothing nothing to brag about. I'll I, I'll say that. Right, yeah. And and what it comes down to is hey, offensively you look good in certain areas, but also you're striking out way too much. That's there. Starting pitching, that we know is needs some work across the board. I mean, you really don't have that. You have Marquez, and that's kind of it when it comes to the, like, yeah, this guy's definitely going to go deep and not allow more than five runs. Yeah. And even then, yeah, even then, it's it's kind of, like, <laughs> on the edge. And the bullpen, I guess, statistically looks okay, but I still stand by the point. Like, I, we really haven't seen them get tested to the point they need to it's like they're always kind of mopping up so there's there's a lot of issues that need to be cleaned up and they need to work on it you like what lambert did for sure mm-hmm. hopefully he can uh hopefully he can be that guy but overall there's a lot of a uh, lot of work to be done especially if you're especially if you're that <laughs> team that uh, is behind the Rangers in the records. The Rangers are garbage. I know. I You keep you like to hammer on the Rangers. That's why I brought it up. I saw that yesterday. I was like, man, alive. Uh, you know, the Lambert thing, you can't put your, your eggs in his bucket, though. I mean, obviously, you want to have high hope, but, man, he's made one major league start, and he's going to be tested for, you know, big time tomorrow night because not only is it at Coors Field but it's against the exact same team in the Cubs you know so yeah. these guys have, have seen them and uh, 
I'm not saying he, he won't be good. I'm not saying that at all. But it will be a, a, a test, and we'll see see what's up. Yeah, so a lot of, a lot of stuff to get working, worked out. I think they need to get McMahon in there a lot more frequently than they are. Roger's um, politics, dude. It's... Yeah, it's a little uh, nerve-wracking sometimes where I'm like, golly, come Seriously? Yeah. And Rogers uh, is bad as yeah. slowed, slowed of late here. Um, yeah. Well, um, one thing I do want to make mention of, uh, I guess, just because we we talked about it a little bit at the start, but we talked about the Rockies' uh, draft picks in general uh, overall. I'll say it's interesting to see the the way the draft went. I mean, you got uh, the second pick was you know a high schooler, the fifth pick a high schooler. And so then... I was totally wrong. I do. I said like the first ten picks were college guys. <laughs> Pretty well, sure that's yeah, what you, I said. I thought you said the first. Yeah, and then the twelfth pick a high schooler, the thirteenth. Oh, okay. And then. Uh, the 16th and 18th and that's it out of the first 20 so not i mean you got four but it used to be like all top and loaded right so um adley rochman or whatever his name is mm-hmm. that dude's gonna be legit bobby witt jr he's a high schooler the royals end up taking him he's a shortstop um whatever his his dad was a major leaguer the dude uh, looks like he's pretty legit, and uh, that JJ Bled Day from Vanderbilt, um, that dude is a top tier guy. So it's uh, it's interesting to see how college really is starting to to build its uh, I guess its presence in the first or just in general in the uh, in the college draft we got uh, a lot of college guys taken in the top there um, I guess in the top 10 it's primarily college guys um, Big 12 if you're a Big 12 fan I'm not saying that people are but they had quite a few uh, guys go in general TCU had a pitcher go Texas Tech had a third baseman go Josh Young to the Rangers uh, I'll bet we'll see that guy pretty quickly in the majors which is interesting uh, but Baylor had a catcher go and the Rockies actually don't drive they didn't draft a catcher until late late uh, so in general I'll just say this um, it is a totally uh, kind of a big turnaround when it comes to the draft there's a lot of guys out there in college that are are getting it done and, and college baseball is still to me super freaking boring i know the college world series is going on right now uh it's super exciting because only eight teams get to go you know there's a significant playoff system to get there but um i don't know college baseball still seems really boring to me it's a big change from college even to double a baseball but it's interesting to see how uh, these teams are going more for the right now than the uh, than the hey five years from now we're gonna have a guy. But you draft a dude out of college, you still like 
you probably should feel pretty comfortable that in the next three years he's contributing to your major league team. So yeah. we'll see how it all goes. I think three years is probably the, the general kind of consensus with that. That whole Your whole last little bit, though, it was confusing because I thought like – I thought it was going to be like, well, college baseball is really starting to be awesome, and then, but you finish with it's still boring. Um, but what I, what I I really wanted to say, I really wanted to say it's awesome, but oh, you uh, chickened out. It's still boring, but I got chickened out. I, uh, but the development, the development level of these guys is still good. But it's to me, same thing with college football. You know, like a lot of people really love it. Uh, I think college baseball probably is getting better. But to me, also, college football is boring as hell. Also, well, what I'm hearing just, is that... It's just my own personal thing. What I'm hearing is that uh, these programs are starting to, to dole out the money a little better for their recruits. Is uh... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're doing uh, better sliding it under the table. NCAA is probably loosening up a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> hey. Oh, hey, one big thing before we uh, sign off here that I wanted to mention is... Uh, today, the Rockies bring up our man, Deal. Yes. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. He was he was uh, in the deal for Taukman. And by the yes. way, so you don't want to hear this, but DJ LeMayu is hitting like 323 or something. Which is in like yeah. 348. Yeah. But hey, I did want to mention, though, about, I mean, for those maybe kind of casual baseball fans i guess that uh love the rockaroo here uh just you also got to remember that going from college to professional baseball you're going from the aluminum bat to the wood bat and that is like that's a big deal that i don't i mean i know scouts and guys talk about but i mean right a bat's a bat but I think it's a, like a confidence thing as well, and I know a lot of a lot of guys play in different leagues that you know they do play with wooden bats, but it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, what else? Do, what else you got? Anything else before we? Uh, Let me check my uh, the next segment. Yeah. So I mentioned. I I hope the next segment is the preview. We're we're ticking off the time yeah. here, but just it real is. quick, I'm uh, a couple episodes ago, whatever I mentioned going to the Rockies game, and I pretty much only saw Blackman and Arenado jerseys on on fans' backs, but I I did see a lot of Carlos Gonzalez jerseys as well. Um, and then in last episode, I made I was talking about one of the Blue Jays games, and I was talking about S- Saturday's game and how Senzatello was pitching awesome. But freaking John Gray pitched on Saturday. I'm like, man, I'm sounded like a freaking idiot who went to Yale, you know? <laughs> so I don't know if you ever hear me say some stupid shit like that. I please correct me. Like I don't. I'm not. I'd rather you correct me than sound stupid forever. Because now that you know, if someone listened to that episode only and not this one, it's like, man, they're gonna. It, it's not good for me. So I do. I like being corrected, most definitely. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, and one well, more, uh, one more quick thing. Yes. I went back. I had to hear it for myself about Trevor Story not playing last Sunday. <laughs> about 
the, the old scheduled day off, which still is bullshit because he had the day off on Monday and that was scheduled day off. You're telling me you got two scheduled day off in a week? I, yeah. You know, I said out loud when I heard that. And, and Houston, of course, is up. Hey, it, it, Trevor's fine. Just want to remind you, Trevor's fine. Okay? It's just a scheduled day off. And he might even pinch hit today. I'm just, don't sell me bullshit and tell, tell me it's gold. Uh, how fucking yeah. stupid yeah. do they think we are? I don't... Uh, so... I, I wanted to... Blow but you that did confirm it, though. Bit. I did, yeah. She, I heard, heard her it, fucking yes. say it. I just, I did it because I asked. I even asked Phantom that day too. I was like, "Why isn't? Have you heard anything about why Story isn't playing?" And I asked you, and then we talked about it on the episode, and I still didn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey. By the way, you didn't make mention of this, uh, and we didn't talk about it at all during this podcast, but uh, we did kind of, I think, before our last podcast. I don't think it made the actual cut, but Carlos Gonzalez is playing for the Cubs. It did not make the he cut. Did, uh, yeah, and he did make, uh, he did do some damage against the uh, Rocks on that first game. Uh, hit that double. The outfield looked like shit in that. Actually, all the, the whole Cubs series. It was oh. like, do we have an outfield out there? That goes uh, to but Desmond got fooled on a yeah. really, really bad yeah. Carlos Gonzalez double. Uh, he did some damage against the Rockies. Tapia looked bad in the outfield. Uh, it was not a Dive. good uh, experience for Tentative. The they looked tentative. That ball that yeah. dropped off Hendrick's bat. Ramil, you got a uh, three, you know, Ramil, Ian, and Story were all converging, and then Tapia pulled up. He probably could have yeah. at least made an effort. And it's like, dude, you can make that effort because if you don't catch it, one, it's just a blooper. It's going to just stick there. And two, you got two other teammates around you. Lay out for that fucking thing. That was a big moment exactly. of the game. Uh, and yeah. Stu Cole, you better be getting on that motherfucker for that. Uh, buy him a crab dinner if you must and talk to him about it. <laughs> yeah. that like Okay, so that was very frustrating but yes Carlos Gonzalez is playing for the Cubs hate the fact he's playing for the yeah. Cubs love the fact that he's in the MLB again though. Yeah. just want to say that uh, I, I do hate the Cubs but not so much that I will cheer against uh, Cargo because love that dude Yeah. anyways moving on it's time it's preview time you ready for it yeah hell yeah back home here we go back home in come the Cubs. It's time for some motherfucking redemption, bitches. And that's going to happen. Marquez v. Darvish. Game one. It's tonight. June 10th. It's happening. Look for some redemption. Marquez is going to show them what's up. Rockies are going to hit the shit out of Darvish. And things are going to get back on track. Right after that, Quintana again. And you made mention of it. Lambert. Second go, second go at the Cubs, second go in Major League Baseball in general. Uh, hopefully he keeps it up, that 129 ERA. Let's see a drop. Is that possible? Yeah, I think it is, and he's going to do it. Right after that, some dude named Cole Hamels. Don't know him. Uh, who cares who he is? He's going against our main man, Sensa. Sensa is going to rip the Cubs apart as will the Rockies lineup. And then the Padres come to town. 
Uh, of course, as usual, that second one is not announced when it comes to the starters, but that will be an elusive four-game set. So Padres on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday come to Coors Field. Go out there, watch the Rockies beat the ever-living shit out of the Padres. And we're going to get some winning streak going. We're going to see a record bump up. And we're going to get closer to the L.A. Dodgers. That's what's going to happen this week. Go Rockies!